0: My name is Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time. To start today's message, I want us to actually turn to Joshua chapter 3. What happened in the context of this is that the Israelites were getting ready to cross over the Jordan River, and they were going to enter the Promised Land, the place that God had set aside for His people, He promised it to them, and he said, I'm giving it to you. It doesn't matter what obstacles are in your way. It doesn't matter who opposes you. It doesn't matter because I am giving this land to you, and I'm going to take care of those details. Right? And that's what happened. They came up against Jericho. God knocked those walls down. Some other kings and nations opposed them. God defeated them. Okay? So in chapter 3, the Israelites were about to cross over, and they were about to go into the promised land. They were going to step in the promised land for the first time. And this is what Joshua says to the people. It says in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now, this is interesting because we have to explore this idea of consecration. And, And for something to be consecrated, it means that it's been set aside as holy unto the Lord. Okay. It's not to be used for any other purpose. It's set aside as holy unto God. And so he was giving instructions to the people is like you are going to make yourselves holy. You need to be consecrated and sanctified before the Lord before we enter the promised land. And this is a really important concept that we we as Christians have to understand, which is that we are called to holiness and the blessings and manifestations, right? None of those things will manifest until you become holy unto the Lord. You have to be made holy. And so holiness and consecration is a precursor to entering the promised land, right? And so the promised land for us, it's whatever the Lord has Spoken into your life, right? That great destiny that he's called you to do, the great thing that he's promised you, that he's spoken over your life. Maybe he spoke things into you that you're a builder, you're a financier, right? Or that you're going to transform this or that. Just like he called David and anointed him as king over Israel. Just like he called Abraham and said, You're a father over many nations, right? So the precursor, all right, the thing that has to happen before you can step into that calling, is you have to be made holy. We are called to holiness. It says in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, It says, Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests priests. And a holy nation, these are the words you're to speak to the Israelites. So those are the instructions that God gave to Moses. And the people of God, Israel, right, this holy nation, they were set apart. And what's a priest? Right, so a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. What is a priest? A priest was somebody who ministered before the Lord. And the high priest, right, went into the holy holies. So the priest entered into the presence of God, ministered before the Lord, served the Lord, and was sanctified and holy before the Lord. So this idea that an entire nation would be priests unto the Lord, that is a holy nation. And that's this idea that he said, that all of you are going to minister before me, all of you are going to enter my presence." And we know, truthfully, Israel fell short. Of the full manifestation of that calling. Because they oscillated. They went back and forth between, oh, okay, we have a righteous king. We're going to serve the Lord and we're going to follow him. Oh, no, we're going to do our own thing. We're going to worship idols and commit witchcraft and all these things. Right? They went back and forth and back and forth. And it really was the obedience of a few that would cause the nation to be blessed. They didn't walk into the fullness of it. Now, through the salvation of Jesus Christ, the manifestation of the kingdom of God the kingdom of God, that we're all kings and priests. God is giving us authority to expand his kingdom and perform miracles and move in power. And then we're also priests who minister before the Lord, who enter his presence, okay? In Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44, it says, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. God has called us to holiness. And we will not, you will not reach the fullness of your calling until you make yourself holy. And this is very important because most Christians do not treat the Lord as holy. Most Christians do not fear the Lord or revere him. Right? A very common attitude is, well, God loves me, so he's going to save me. He's going to forgive me. He's going to provide for me. Right, But there's not this reverential fear of God that, God, I'm going to do what you tell me to do exactly as you tell me to do, and I'm not going to step to the right or to the left. I will follow you wherever you tell me to go. Right, Because so often, Christians, they'll serve God according to their own schedule, right? Oh, maybe they feel the Lord's leading to do something. Okay, you know, I'll do it when it's convenient to me. Or sometimes they just say, well, I'm going to do what I want to do, right? I'm going to date who I want to date. I'm going to go and buy what I want to buy. I'm going to watch what I want to watch. I'm going to spend my time the way I want to spend my time. I'm going to run my business the way I want to run my business because I know what I want to do, right? And then when you get into trouble, oh Lord, help me. Oh Lord, save me. That's not treating the Lord as holy. The Lord he needs to be the Lord of our life. Many Christians treat God as their Savior. They don't treat Him as their Lord. Because if He's the Lord of your life, He becomes the highest authority in all of your decision making, in every aspect of your life. He has to rule and reign in your heart. You have to surrender your will to Him in everything. We are not entitled to the blessing of God. You are not entitled. To the manifestation of the calling God gave you. You have to remember our default position is a sinner deserving of death. It's by God's mercy, it's by God's grace that He gave us the marvelous gift of salvation. And not only that, He has called us to do great things to transform the nations, right? And so God wants to give us this great and wonderful and marvelous gift, but if we don't obey Him, if we choose to do our own thing we cannot receive that gift and we will not receive it you're not entitled to it remember it's a gift he's giving you but as he, as i just read in exodus chapter 19 the instruction he says is if you obey me fully and keep my covenant then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession that's the instruction god gave to the israelites and the amazing thing is also we have to think to ourselves Why is it that the nation of Israel became God's chosen people, right? Was it just God looked down? It's like, oh, yeah, I like that group of people. Yeah, I'll make them my chosen people. The truth is, is that the nation of Israel became the chosen people because of the faith and obedience of a few people, right? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, right? God said, Leave everything behind. Leave your mother and father's household. Leave all your friends, all your family, all your connections. Leave all of it behind and go to a place I will show you. So Abraham didn't even know where he was going, but he believed God and he obeyed him. And because of that, God made a covenant with Abraham, right? And then Moses obeyed God, right? Isaac obeyed God. The obedience of a few people changed the course of history. Okay, So it wasn't because all of the individual Israelites were righteous and faithful. No, it was because of a few people that they were blessed. The truth is, is that we're experiencing the same thing in this day, actually. The reason that America has become so prosperous and influential is not because of our own righteousness and our own actions in this day. No, it is because of the faith and obedience of those who came before us. We are benefiting from their faith and their obedience. And the truth is, the reason why in this nation, things have gotten to the state of how bad things are, right? You can look at how the corruption in Washington and the wickedness in Hollywood, right? All of these things, okay? The reason it's gotten to such a state is because of the complacency and the stubbornness of the church in this day. Many people are more interested in building up their own reputation, building up their own ministry. When am I going to establish my ministry? When am I going to prove and establish myself as a prophet, right? They're interested in their reputation, or maybe they're interested in, I want to do what I want to do. Oh God, when am I going to get married? When is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? Rather than being looking at God, God, what is it that you want me to do today? God, how do I handle this situation? Right? Instead, we're coming to God with this grocery list. God, I want to be blessed. God, I want to do this. God, I want to do that. Right? The blessings and the status of our nation is because of the obedience of those in the past. Okay? We're riding on their coattails. We have to recognize, okay, we need to decide this day that we're going to make ourselves holy. Okay? We're not going to engage in things according to the world's way. We're not going to think about things according to the world system. We're not going to be influenced by the world's ways of thinking. Instead, we are going to adopt the mind of Christ. And in doing so, we will influence the world. This is something that has to govern our thoughts and our actions each and every day. Right When you're conversing with friends, you should be having an internal dialogue with God. Lord, is there something that they need to hear, right? Is there something that I need to say, right? We have to have our ear tuned to God all the time. Because let's face it, a majority of the time, we participate in idle chit-chat, unproductive conversations that are not productive for the kingdom of God. We have to treat the Lord as holy. And it's only those that do that and fully obey God that will enter the promised land that God has for them. Something we've been talking about for years now here at Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church is that God intends to bring about a transfer of wealth and influence and affluence from the wicked to the righteous. The reason why he wants to do it is because right now all of our culture, the way that we think, the way that we entertain ourselves, everything is dictated by the world. The body of Christ has no influence in modern discourse. Or if we do have influence, it's minimal, okay? God wants to hand influence and resources to his people because in doing so, we will be able to transform nations and bring them towards righteousness. That is what God wants to do. And many of you that are listening to this right now, God has called you to be a part of it. It's amazing because when the Israelites possessed, when they came in and finally possessed the promised land, they began divvying out the land to each of the different tribes. And it was according to what God had showed Moses, which means that God had already set aside sections of land for each of these tribes. Moses, this section is going to go to the tribe of Benjamin. This section is going to go to this tribe or that tribe. You see, some of us are called to different industries. We each have a different destiny and a different calling. Some of you are called to music where you're going to produce songs that when people hear it, healings are going to happen, deliverance is going to happen, salvations are going to happen because the Holy Spirit is upon that. Some of you are going to produce songs, for example, this is really simple, that reintroduce something like romance because let's face it, in modern pop music, it's not actually about romance, right? It's about lust and it's about Money and whatever else, right? All kinds of worldly and carnal things. Some of you will produce songs that reintroduce true romance. Because let's face it, our culture needs stuff like that too. Some of you are called to the financial industry. Some of you are called to the political industry. And some of you are called to ministry because you're going to evangelize. Okay? All of those things, by the way, are full time ministry. Wherever the Lord sends you, that's your ministry, whether it's in business or whether it's in traditional ministry. That's the way that we think of it, okay? Don't limit yourself to the four walls of our church buildings, okay? So God intends to bring influence from the world and hand it to the body of Christ, and that's exactly what happened in the promised land. Because that land, it was a rich and prosperous land, and it was also located in a strategic location that was really good for trading, international trade, where all of these different nations would converge, in this location. But there were many nations that were already occupying the land that God had set aside. But they all, none of them served the Lord. Many of them practiced human sacrifices and witchcraft and idol worship and all kinds of perverse and wicked things. And that's why God said, do not follow in the practices of these nations, but I'm giving this land to you. The same is true in this day. The promised land that God is handing us is inhabited by wicked nations that do not serve the Lord. Some of them even mock God and mock Christians, okay? But it's only those people that obey God fully that will enter and that treat the Lord as holy and with reverence. That's the precursor. You see, in Numbers chapter 14, and this is when the first generation coming out of Egypt was getting ready to enter the promised land. And remember, these are the people that witnessed the plagues. They witnessed the parting of the Red Sea. They witnessed manna from heaven and water from the rock, right? And then God said, now go, you're going to send 12 spies, one for each tribe, and they're going to go into the land and investigate it. And they're going to, you know, survey the land and report back. Now what happened is that when they came back, 10 out of the 12 spies, they came back with a bad report because they were focusing on the obstacles. Oh, it's going to cost too much. Oh, we can't compete with this. Oh no, we're going to run into legal troubles. This and that, right? Whatever kind of obstacles, right? They saw giants and they focused on the giants rather than the promises of God, right? That's what happened. But not only did they come back with a bad report, the scripture says they went around and they spread the bad report amongst the community, right? So they were intent on turning the people against Moses and Joshua, because it wasn't enough for them not to believe, they had to get others to not believe with them. And you have to understand, these are fellow Israelites. So this is like fellow Christians, when you get an instruction from God, and they start to spread seeds of doubt, causing their fellow brothers and sisters to disobey God. So it says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1, That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only for us to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. So what is this symbolic of us in this day? They wanted to go back to the old system, the old ways of doing things, right? Oh, I might as well go back to being a slave in Egypt. I might as well go back to living like an unbeliever and doing what I want to do, right? The calling of God is an all or nothing kind of thing, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. It has to be everything, okay? So it says in verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us Do not be afraid of them. So Joshua and Caleb, they focused on God, and the promise of God, and the instructions of God, rather than the obstacles. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites, and the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me, in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? Because, again, they witnessed all those miracles. And even in your own life, the Lord has already paved a way when there was no way. But if the Lord tells us something, if he gives us an instruction and we ignore it, or we don't believe him, we don't have faith with him, you are treating him with contempt. Because, again, God wants to bless you. He wants you to step into the fullness of your calling. But it's not him that would be causing delays. It's only our own stubbornness and our own disobedience. So God says, I'm going to wipe these people out, and I'm going to start over with just you, Moses. But Moses intercedes on behalf of the people. Despite their own stubbornness, Moses intercedes on behalf of them and says, Lord, no, the other nations are going to talk about the you, and they're going to say this, and they're going to say that. right?" And something we have to remember, too, is that prophets are not eager to deliver words of judgment. Right, because this the Lord is delivering a word of judgment. They disobeyed me, they're gonna reap the repercussions, right? And Moses said, No, Lord, don't destroy them, right? He's interceding on their behalf. So the Lord says in verse twenty, the Lord replied, Okay, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness. But disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. And then he says, But because Joshua and Caleb believed in me, they are going to enter. Right? But what happened here? Caleb's manifestations and blessings were delayed for decades because of the sins of others. Joshua, His blessing and manifestation was also delayed because of the sins of others. You have to understand if you are acting in unbelief and you're spreading that unbelief and doubt to other people, your actions don't just affect you. And in this day, the Lord has said there's not going to be any more delays. He's going to move. You need to work to ensure that others will not cause delays for you and for others. If you see people that are causing others to disobey God, We have to make things right in this day. We have to treat the Lord as holy. And so after this, so basically, right, so the Lord said, the people, all these people who refuse to believe me, they're never going to enter the promised land. They are all going to die in the wilderness, and it's going to be their children who are going to enter the promised land. God handed it over to the next generation. It says in verse 36, So the men Moses had sent to explore the land, who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it, these men who were responsible for spreading the bad report about the land were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Those ten spies, they died of a plague. Of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua son of Nun and Caleb son of Jephunneh survived. When Moses reported this to all the Israelites, they mourned bitterly. Early the next morning, they set out for the highest point of the hill country, saying, Now we are ready to go up to the land the Lord promised. Surely we have sinned. So after the fact, after they disobeyed God, they said, Lord, now we're ready to go. Now I'm ready to be established. Now I'm ready to obey you. But it was already too late. The Lord had already passed over and handed it to the next generation. And Moses said, Why are you disobeying the Lord's command? You're not going to be successful because the Lord is not with you anymore right but they wanted to force their way no i deserve this i'm entitled to this remember we're not entitled to the blessing only those who fully obey god will be part of it but they had this attitude no we deserve to get into the promised land we are entitled to this and so it says so moses tried to warn them and he tried to stop them from going there and it says nevertheless in their presumption they went up towards the highest point in the hill country though neither moses nor the Ark of the Lord's Covenant moved up from the camp. They went there without the presence of God following them. And how many Christians do this, right? When they try to force their way. No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. When they encounter opposition, they think the devil's attacking them. The Lord, if you're disobeying God, the Lord will not be with you. It says, so they tried to make it happen. Verse 45, then the Amalekites and Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and attacked them and beat them down all the way to Horma. So this is what will happen in this day for the Christians that refuse to obey God and try to force their own way after the fact. We have to choose today to obey God before the move of God even happens. We have to choose today to be holy before we can enter the promised land. We have to be all in for God. And I encourage you in this day, make a determination that you're going to serve the Lord. That you're going to obey the Lord fully. That you're going to allow Him to be the Lord of your life in every aspect of your life. We need Christians who are led by the Spirit of God and obey Him. Because His move is coming. It's here already and it's already happening. It's time for us to act and obey. Amen? Well, I'm out of time for this week. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S O G M I.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this broadcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to sogmi.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P O Box. 1579 helotus Texas 78023. Again, that is Heel Box 1579 helotus Texas 78023.